You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. When you're determined to rise above a situation, you tend to dig deep into elements and mental spaces that help to drive you. Most times people consider it uh, survival mode or um, a form of a way of pivoting themselves ahead and working through their circumstances. And then there's also those who call it grind mode. I like grind mode. I think it's a, um, a active word, an active description of a mentality that allows you to shift. And sometimes you just have to go into grind mode. And going into grind mode means that it, it does not necessarily mean struggling through, but it definitely does mean focusing and getting locked in and setting your sights on whatever you had in front of you to get through it and get above it. So guys, it's Monday. I don't think it's a better day to talk about this. It's Sunday's Money Motivation. Let's go. You need Tent 2, located at 3118 Emory Street Northwest in Unit B in Covington, Georgia, is dedicated to delivering high-quality tent workmanship and excellent customer service. You Need Tent 2 has a variety of tent shade options and films ready to be installed with a lifetime manufacturer's warranty. So stop by today. You Need Tent 2 is the go-to destination for professional window and tinting services. Don't forget to visit us online at youneedtent2.com and don't forget to tell them that Loudmouth Radio sent you. No matter the time or the season, we're open and available 24-7. Shouldn't your dealership be too? Carumba.com, the convenient online used vehicle marketplace. Register your independent dealership now. As a former professional athlete, I remember working towards so many goals over so many years and it didn't start out that way. That's the, the funny part. A lot of times I think things that we strive for, we kind of stumble up upon or we discover about ourselves or something that draws our attention and intrigues us. And it allows us to be able to feel like maybe this is something that I want to put attention to. And ultimately, you feel uh, propelled to seek it out and go for it. And for me, I can remember uh, playing basketball initially and being introduced to basketball was really a action taken by my kindergarten teacher. Um, so, you know, here I am, five years old. You know, you already know, kindergartens are active and busy. And uh, Miss Cole, uh, my, fifth, my my kindergarten teacher, uh, she she had a designated time for us to take naps, which is not uncommon. And nap time come, and it seemed like I would go the opposite direction, polar opposite. <laughs> and um, so the the cool thing is that our classroom was adjacent to the gymnasium in our, in our elementary school. So when you, uh, if you went out the front door, it took you out into the hallway. But if you went on the side door, it would actually take you right into the realm of the gym. So I guess one day Miss Cole just decided, you know what, I'm going to take you in let you go in there with Mr. Dandelis. I'm, I'm talking some old names here. All my Revis Elementary School people know exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm going to give names to the people. So Mr. Dandelis was our gym teacher, and he um, 
we had the, I, I, I'm pretty sure those who uh, can remember, we had the little red dodge balls, like with rubber balls, had this little gripping thing on it. Um, so remember, I'm five. So uh, Miss Cole said, you know what, can she come in here and just, um, you know, do something to burn off a little bit of the energy? And Mr. Dandelis was like, yeah, well, I, I guess there was a dodgeball on the floor. So I went for the ball, picked it up, and I started throwing it at the rim. And uh, Mr. Dandelis just kind of let me go with it, I guess. And so I, I picked up the, the little red dodgeball and start hiking it up. On And our, our gymnasium has regulation level gym uh, uh, basketball court rim. So they're at regular regulation 10 feet. They're not, you know, nothing on the ground. Even though we're, we're, we're kindergartens attached to the gym, that has nothing to do with it. So I started throwing a ball into the, uh, bas- you know, towards the basket. And so this started to become like almost a habitual thing. I would look forward to being able to go into the gym and start my little new new level of attention, um, which became basketball. And uh, eventually, probably midway into the year, I actually could, had enough strength to throw the basketball up to the rim and um, and make it. Not just throw it, but make it into the rim. And so, you know, what started out as a pastime is a way to try to draw my attention to something else or even probably more or less tire me out, right? Uh, it, it allowed me to kind of find and discover something that I enjoy doing. And, and, and so it just kept going and kept growing. And um, by the time I was in third or fourth grade, it was pretty obvious that I discovered uh, something that I really liked and I had a knack for. And... Um, now, mind you, most most of the time of my elementary, middle school years, there was very, very few uh, girls or females that were playing. It would pri- primarily be me and a ton of boys that were playing basketball. And uh, it became a thing where, um, you know, the obvious, I was a girl playing with a lot of the guys. And so, you know, kids, we don't, we don't, we ain't, kids ain't kind. So. <laughs> So it was not a whole lot of opportunity for them to say, oh, let her, let her. No, I had to get it. If I wanted to be on that basketball court, if I wanted to be amongst the guys, if I wanted to be amongst my peers, and and many, many times there were boys three, four, five years or multiple grades ahead of me, and we were all meshed in. And um, in my mind, you know, I I just saw something that I enjoyed doing and and it didn't to me systematically determine because I was a girl and they were a boy, meaning that I could could or could not play. I just saw that they were playing. I wanted to play and I would go for it. And I think that very, very early um, stage and attitude has carried me through my entire life. And I would eventually... um, become it was it, it was synopsis synonymous with me and basketball so for anybody that knew me growing up going into high school I played basketball more than I was going to class man it was awful it's the truth though <laughs> but I um I would eventually uh, play a couple years of high school basketball and get city rankings, recognition, start placing and, um, you know, start getting some visibility. And it led to me to get a college scholarship uh, athletically my first year. And then scholastically, I uh, academically transferred my sophomore year in college to what would become my, uh, my alma mater, which was uh, Savannah College of Art Design and Art School. And there I had an academic scholarship. But you already know, I was a part of the basketball team um, that most 
uh, most art colleges are not known for. So I want to definitely um, say that that it was very different. But it was a, a wonderful mesh and a wonderful jail between two totally different communities. Um, you know, for most of us that were, I'm from South Side of Chicago, so inner city youth, sports, academia, you know, um, sometimes wasn't always leveled. Uh, and at you know you have a lot of at risk at risk youth that um will you hope would you know uh go to something that's positive and productive versus um uh, violence and you know disruption and so for me basketball was a saving place for me and um you know it's a very competitive sport it requires you to have to play offense play defense and there's only five people on each team on the court at a time, you know, and if you're coming from a large team and you're coming from, a, you know, if you play, which is another thing I, I think I, I discovered, which is so funny, um, for a long time, like in elementary, middle school, I was like an average size, wasn't really, really, really tall, wasn't big at all. And so that also made it kind of interesting that most people didn't really know how to take me because I didn't physically look like, you know, in the early stages that I could hold my own. But, you know, um, I, I, I had uh, start early adapt adapt oh, I can't talk, <laughs> adaptation <laughs> to becoming very tenacious. And so knowing I was smaller um, and I'm not necessarily as tall, I used other things to also offset, you know, speed, um, quick hand-eye coordination. I just had a very... Um, uh, I grew to become athletic and... And it just certain things just became natural to me. And so I started to recognize that in order for me to have an opportunity, I had to get I had to be able to hold my own and be just as good as anybody else around me to 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 even give me the leveraging or power to be allowed to be there. And when I say allowed, I don't mean just saying, oh, yeah, they had to give me permission but in a in a in a sports and you know athletics and you know just in the world period permission goes on twofold P permission comes from you giving yourself permission first to even go for it secondly your work ethic the things that you do the focus point and the way that you show up and do things and execute it, it gives the world notice and and then at that point they have to give you permission even most times when they don't want to but because you know how to show up, you know how to you know how to you know fill in the space, you know how to fill in the room, you know how to put your your, your lock in, you know how to put your, your your mouthpiece in, and you know how to set your eyes on where you need to go, then you lock in. And you have to activate grind mode, and that mentality, that movement, that transition, that force will open up doors most times that you may not be considered eligible for. And then there's times that it can give you, you know, worlds of opportunity because you may not be the best in all areas all the time. But the fact that, that you don't stop, that you're not quitting, that you dust yourself off, that you're showing that you're committed to whatever it is that you're doing. A lot of times it will give other people around you the push to see you get ahead, even when you don't have the ability to push yourself. So, guys, when I tell you, it's amazing how the world can test you, but be shaping you all at the same time. What I've come to learn is that even in our obstacles and, and, and circumstances of challenges and things of that nature, you take it and make it a learning lesson. Take it 
um, to feed your soul, feed your mind, feed, feed the pains of your body when you can't push no more. Um, you know, it's, you know, this is why athletes like Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and, 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 and Tiger Woods and countless others that even in pain, even in stress, even in, uh, you know, um, unconceivable situations where you don't look like you could overcome or, or, or push through, um, it's this part of you that you 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 don't necessarily just can reach for and pull it out, but you have to. Uh, it, well, let me say that you do reach for and pull it out, but not in the sense of how you pull out a pair of of socks out your drawer. It's something that has to shift all the way into your molecular body frame, and you know the mind is a powerful thing. And so it has to start from the from the brain cell and it activates through your body. And it is is how people say they've been in a zone. I remember when I was playing college basketball, we were playing Eric College in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, you know, by the time I hit college, I was about 5'10". You know, I'm, 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 well, yeah, grown up. I, I grew into the height that I am now. Um, but even then, I might have been about maybe about 5'8", five, 5'9". Um, but needless to say, we had, um, a small basketball team, you know, and I did tell you, I went to our college, so not everyone had the same level of, uh, of, uh, athleticism, but everybody, they, everybody did what they could do. Right. And so we had this opposing team and I will never forget, they had like three, six footers. And I think maybe the tallest girls, maybe six, two, six, three. And, um, we, uh, you know, that game started and I, guys, when I tell you that was, that's the one game I could say that I knew what it meant to be in a zone. It's like the ball tipped off. I went for it and just took off. And, and by halftime, I was already at 20 points and had about 14, maybe 13, 14 rebounds. And so coming out of uh, halftime, they started collapsing and doubling on me. So then I started dishing the ball, but by the end of the game, I had achieved 28 rebounds, 26 points. You know, they, they tried to shut me down on the, on the, on the shooting side of, of scoring, but you know, it, I did nothing but shift to passing and, and rebound and it became even more aggressive because I knew that I had, you know, three, six footers that were already having a hard time believing that me at 150 pounds, <laughs> 5'10 was rising and ranking and pulling and, and, and going. And, um, but it just goes to show you, um, that if you lock in, it, it, it's nothing that, that can't be done in high school. I will never forget. Uh, I went to Kenwood Academy. We played Julian high school on the other side of the city of Chicago. And man, they got a girl unbeknownst to me, my teammates tell me we get the ready to play these girls. Oh yeah. You know what? We're going to have you jump the ball today. And I was like, really? Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm technically in the four and a guard for position, you know, I told you my size and height, um, but this is the activate grind mode. Um, we get to the gym, man, and I would never forget. We walk in, and everybody was in the gym. The, the music was pumping. The other team was on the court shooting around, and I saw these legs walk past me. And when I say legs, I mean legs. Literally, somebody's waistline was almost at my ear, and I walked. I looked up, and I looked, and I saw this. When it was a girl, and she walks past me, and her legs looks like two bridges crossing each other. That's just how long and lanky she was. And as I continue to look up above my 5'7 at the time frame, this girl's a whole foot taller than me. She was 6'7 in high school. I was like, what in all of God's name is wrong with y'all? What is this? Really? Is this a joke? <laughs> 
And sure enough, they called a tree. I can't think of a real name, but shouts out to you, tree, wherever you are, girl. Um, but we jumped the ball. Of course, this girl just tips it and takes it. And very, 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 very soon, I see why uh, the momentum of the game started the way it did. Because this girl is extremely intimidating. First shot up, she throw it to she throw it to Missouri, man. She knocked the ball to the other state. <laughs> and um, I, I recognize, okay, you definitely got me by a foot in height. I mean, it ain't nothing measurably I can change physically about the, the our height. But I definitely know I'm faster than you. And uh, I always had this uh, Dennis Rodman type of uh, basketball rebounding game where I might jump three or four times and you're still going up the first time. So I knew I was going to have to outwork this girl. And uh, physically, I knew that if I put the ball up and just showed her the ball and put it in her face, what was she going to do? Block it. So needless to say, you know, I tried that first ram of let me let me go down there and try to outrun her and put the ball up. And she swatted my ball. I said, OK. Next go around, I showed her the ball, ball faked went up underneath, the whole gym lit up and it was over with. And that game propelled me to get my scholarship for college. Her coaches actually uh, became a pivotal point for me to get a scholarship in college. They were so impressed. And I believe on one one of those matchups, I actually I rebounded this young lady. And we just, you know, we learned, we, we had respect for one another um, to a degree um, as, as individual athletes. But when that game was going on, it wasn't nothing nice. Matter of fact, police had to be present because they were known to fight in games and things of that nature. And I had some teammates that were known to fight. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. But I say that to tell you that it's just um, putting yourself in position. Just want to make sure you lock in and focus on whatever's in front of you. And I think that it's a wonderful discovery. I think that there's a metamorphosis that happens within you on so many levels, mentally and emotionally and and physically. All of these things start tapping in and activating. And it gives you a level of opportunity beyond um, anyone else's ability to to discover about you. Because you're you're literally in 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 that moment, in that time experiencing what you're experiencing and it's all going full throttle. So for most of us that are in the world today, dealing with life, dealing with, uh, uh, you know, just whatever, you're going to find yourself put in position to challenge and all of that can create additional opportunities for you to measurably um, do more and do greater. So for that purpose, it's so important to attempt to focus, focus and lock in on what you desire. And it will, it's, it's crazy because it creates the activism of the, the grind mode that I mentioned. It, it, it just creates this wonderful cipher that until you're in it, you don't necessarily know that you're in it. But then once you're in it, it's almost like a harmonious song. And it's like all the things that could be working for you, towards you, starts coming together. And this is a wonderful thing. And I think it's important that we learn to do those types of things as we approach things that are challenging us in our life. Um, 
And even in senses of, you know, execution, sometimes you just want to get into a mode where you're executing at a high level. It may not be that every time you're getting beat up or beat down about something, but you just want to finish and complete things at a high level. So this can be something you activated at your work. You could do it in your, um, you know, in, in, in different aspects of places and, 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 and with people and, and just with yourself. So this is how people become marathon runners and climb mountains and do things that just seem beyond the human level uh, because we have all of those things within us capable to bring it into the physicality and bring it into motion. And so, guys, I'm, I'm going to conclude this show. I think that um, today is just a great day to activate grind mode, lock in on whatever you need to do. Um, See it through, pray about it. You know, sometimes you need to be still and quiet and uh, get to a point of, of being clear. And then from there, taking everything in your power and within your will to get it done. All right, guys. Thank you all for taking this time to listen to another Sunny's Money Motivation. You guys be blessed and have a fantastic work week. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Loudmouth.com, the number one small business online network. We're putting the word out about small business. Put your business on the referral network online that wants to put the word out about you. Thirty point seven million small businesses in the U.S. Creating one point five million jobs annually. Small business accounts for sixty four percent of new job creation in the U.S. There's strength in numbers. No matter what we face, know that there's strength in us. Because of you, we're able, we're capable, we're resilient, and we are available because we are small business, and together, we're the economy. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.